0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast. We invite anyone listening live to join us on Zoom or by phone and share your thoughts. We also invite listeners to send any questions, comments, or other feedback to EJS show at protonmail.com. Good afternoon, folks.
1: Hi, everybody. Everyone.
0: Good afternoon. Okay, before I get to the good news, um, I wanna run down my, my list of cancel culture stuff for the week. And I think most of us follow a lot of it, but then I'm not sure if we get complacent or we just give up on it. The fact that the circle around which we're allowed to speak is getting smaller and smaller all the time, so as quickly as I can run them down. The Space Force commanding officer who was fired after saying, after criticizing Marxism and critical race theory being taught in the military. I don't even wanna go into what they're doing to destroy our military, but being fired for it is pretty, pretty sad. Um, We have the story of the British train company where a conductor, got in trouble for saying, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because it was binary. Um, I forget which movie star just came. Oh, Demi Lovato just came out as They and Them the other day. Then one that really interests me for those who do or don't follow American Idol, this guy got kicked off the show for a video he did when he was 12 years old. So those of us, you know, there's a Talmudic line that says, happier those whose youth does not embarrass their older age. But when you're held liable for something you did at 12 years old, and then we wonder why good people don't want to run for office, I would definitely think that answers a little bit of it. Neuroscience professor ousted from the APA, American Psychological Association's email discussion group, for drumroll, suggesting that there are only two sexes. And we have a pastor in England who was preaching literally Genesis 1 that God created male and female to get married and procreate. He was arrested physically. And we have a Spanish politician who got in trouble for saying that he doesn't think men can get pregnant. A chaplain who was reported to an anti-terrorism program for sermonizing about LGBT. So we've moved from Genesis to Leviticus. That's another thing you're not allowed to do. Quoting the Bible is literally, I remember when we used to say not too long ago, one day quoting the Bible will be a crime. We are totally there. And then on the forced to say certain things, I know one of you had shared the article about the American Medical Association, rejecting meritocracy and embracing critical race theory. So that bodes well. That's up there with Dartmouth deciding who gets medical care, which they did a few weeks ago or months ago based on your race. So mm-hmm. I guess it'll be like United Airlines only hiring those who are racially qualified to fly planes. I guess eventually we're going to get doctors who are only racially qualified to practice mm-hmm. medicine in America. And then we have the story about the uh, mothers not very happy about the books they're finding for kids in Barnes and Noble, all the woke books. And uh, my first book of feminism, these are like for four-year-old kids. So that's the indoctrination going strong. And probably my favorite, I think one of us is from near Loudoun County, if doesn't live in Loudoun County, but the the parents screaming at a school born in Virginia about quote, pornographic passages in books assigned to ninth graders. And you literally can't even repeat some of the stuff in the book. So the, the constant onslaught is absolutely never stopping on what we can't say and what we have to say. And we can never forget, even for a moment, how scary it is. Forget that so many podcasters and broadcasters say are literally afraid to say words.
2: You've forgotten uh, my favorite in the popular culture, of course. I follow hot women, so... Uh... Gal Gadot, who is the um, actress who plays, uh,
0: who, Wonder Woman. Who is she? She, she's Israeli.
2: Yeah, she's the Israeli actress who, who plays Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Wonder Woman. Um, she posted something on Instagram, basically I could read it for you, but basically uh, praying for peace for, for all of the people on both sides in the Middle East. And she has been viciously attacked by the Twitterati, and there is a movement um, a very similar to the movement uh, that was uh, pushing to fire Gina Carano, to fire Gal Gadot um, from uh, being Wonder Woman, and all she wants, all she wanted was, uh, I pray for this unimaginable hostility to end, I pray for our leaders to find the solution so that we could live side by side in peace, I pray for better days, and that is uh what enough to get one um fired or at least can't have a, an entire movement uh mm-hmm. built around uh firing this person and i I, oh I feel for a gal i think she does a great job in in that particular role and of course she's very pretty um but you can't you can't even wish for peace nowadays
3: because that's you guys, know, something though everybody knows that this is going on i mean these aren't even news stories anymore what's What's the point of pointing them out at this point? I mean, are we gonna do something about it or are we just right. ranking about it? So
4: that's, I, listen, cause I've been brewing a rant and I wish it was the better thought out. It's just gonna spew out, but the doing something about it. you know, I hear these stories and for me, my instinct is to go in and defend those people. And of course I wanna defend those people, but look when we defend those people and I think they're good but when we defend them, we're not attacking those who are attacking these people. And this is what they want. This is how they win. This is how they make people believe that authoritarianism is something that it's not, that racism is different than what it really is, or that bigotry is not, that's how they mischaracterize words because we jump and we don't always enough To defend these but what we need to do is get on offense. I know I've been saying this for 10 years but but I'm to the point look okay you got that litany of you know how many times does the left use the word authoritarian when they talk about the right and certainly Donald Trump. So let's look at the the meaning of the word authoritarian characterized by or favoring absolute obedience to authority as against individual freedom, tending to tell other people what to do in a preemptory or arrogant manner. Look, we need to call this stuff what it is. We need to focus more on offense. No, no authoritarianism. You do not get to behave as though you are authoritarian. Bigotry, what is the definition of bigotry? The attitude, state of mind or behavior characteristic of a bigot, okay, listen. The character or mode of thought of a bigot, obstinate and unreasonable attachment to a particular creed, opinion, practice, ritual or party organization. Excessive zeal, zeal or warmth in favor of a party, sect or opinion, intolerance of opinions. We need to start applying the word bigot and bigotry where it truly applies. We need to stop defending ourselves against those words and start properly applying them as they truly mean and where they truly exist. That's what I, I think the solution I is. You,
3: I, I told you guys months ago on this, sh- on this program, every, every accusation from the left is a confession. Everything they say, they accuse the others of.
4: Yes, is, it's very effective. But do you know, don't you think it, it's effective because what we do in response is defend ourselves instead of correcting what actually is authoritarian behavior, what actually is bigoted behavior, what actually is racist behavior. I mean, literally watching people in, in, in code of sure. public law and public behavior, they're literally categorizing the world in accordance with race, skin color, and immutable characteristics. They're cataloging and uh, categorizing, and then they're attaching and applying good and bad based on immutable characteristics and skin color. We need to call that what it really is instead of incessantly defending ourselves against false charges against us. We're losing that battle for a reason.
3: I agree. Sorry,
4: I, I, I knew there was a rant.
0: <laughs> well, I guess stage one is knowing, stage two is getting angry enough to wanna to do something. The hard part, the stage three is what to do and in, in what arena to do it in. But we've all said before, our being cowed is not what's helping. And we, we should be the ones mocking them because this stuff is so ridiculous. If you can't pray for peace, I mean, now that I think about it, in the Jewish prayer service, we pray, we pray for peace all the time. Is that gonna be another thing I can't say?
4: This is where the absurdity has reached beyond pale, really, truly the absurdity. And, you know, I spent 10 years with the, you know, okay, we need to be on offense, but it was always, you know, from a, well, here are the facts, here's the logic and reasoning, you know, trying to, that's not gonna work because like Ed has said, look, these aren't logical or rational people. And so we have to start taking the words back. We have to start reowning the meanings of these really um, emotionally laden words like bigot and racist and uh, authoritarian. They have true meaning, the meaning that can attach to true behaviors. And I really just think it's time to use those words because They're happening. Racism is systemic in Democrat areas. Bigotry is systemic in our inner cities run decades by Democrats. Um, Authoritarianism is rampant in the Democrat-run mindset. We need to start taking those words back.
3: Well, you know, here's where I think the problem is, though. I think that our side doesn't they view the left as mistaken, not the enemy. I used to. And they're I the enemy. To. And and you know, I saw this week Ted Cruz criticizing, actually he didn't criticize. He he um he shared Bernie Sanders' tweet, I think, where Bernie was saying that uh you know he was he was defending the Palestinians from from alleged uh, Israeli war crimes. And and Ted Cruz shares it and says it's heartbreaking that. Uh, that he's he's not willing to defend that stand by our ally Israel, and you know, and, and it reminded me of how he he tried to make nice to AOC a couple of months ago too, and I, I I sent back to him that it it's not heartbreaking, it's to be expected. This is what these people are; they're an enemy, and you know, it, it would be heartbreaking if somebody were making a mistake of that magnitude. It's not heartbreaking; it's to be expected. That's what these people are, and. The sooner we recognize that and the sooner we act on that, the, the better off we're gonna be. We, we can't, we, we have to recognize that we have an enemy that we're dealing with. They sure as hell see us as an enemy and they sure as hell are treating us as an enemy. And if we don't recognize that soon enough, we're all gonna be in a lot of trouble.
0: You know, Bongino always says that the problem is we look at them as good people with bad, evil ideas and they look at us as bad people. And that just, it so nails it. And you're right. And I don't know is the answer is to elect people a little bit more like DeSantis, who's not afraid to throw it back, a little bit more like MTG, Boebert, people who aren't afraid to throw it back, even though it's so difficult, because like I say, they're gonna go through your garbage cans, throw you off committees, et cetera. I mean, I'm so proud. I think it was Massey and maybe a couple others who were telling Nancy Pelosi where to go as far as wearing masks in Congress. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard about that. We need to fight, fight, fight back. And I agree with Ed. I think being defensive and taking it as they're mistaken or just you know slightly off track isn't the right way. I think actually Ed and and Jody are sort of saying the same thing.
4: I'm not enemies, prepared for these,
0: and we have to fight them.
4: I I'm not. I totally agree with you, Ed. Except I'm I'm not prepared to have the enemy word yet. It I'm just not. I I don't. I, 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 And and as I say that, I'm not trying to fail to conceptualize the reality that for so many, this is not accidental. This is not um, mistaking. And and they do see us as the enemy. I'm not ready yet to go there in my mind. Uh, I just, I don't know why it just Feels you should, you should like, listen to your rant after
0: know. the show, Cody. I mean, really, do, do the left, or is the left any less of an enemy to the American way of life than Hamas is to the Israeli way of life? They both seek to destroy totally. So, I really believe that. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Look,
4: I, I, I wish we could go our separate ways peacefully, and I could call them... Um, really different, so totally agree or disagree. If we could agree to disagree, that's what, I get it. Intellectually, I'm telling you, I know that's not possible, but I want that. Let's please agree to disagree. You go on your way, I'll go on my way. And intellectually, I know that's not possible, but my heart isn't there. I just want to look at them and say, you are so wrong. And I will call you what you are. I will call bigotry where it is. I will call rampant violence and poverty and locking people in those things as wrong because it is. You can pretend it's not wrong and you can go on your merry way. So, I get it. I get the disconnect with my own disconnect with reality and that I just, I'm just not, I really just want to go our separate ways. And you live out your
0: worldview. I live out mine. Mike, you wanted to say something. This is a perfect segue to the next topic. So go ahead, Mike.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think what Jody is saying is absolutely spot on. I mean, when you uh, phrase it in terms of a war political war or what have you. It's the same as a hot war. There's propaganda, there's truth, words matter. Um, it impacts uh, how you fight and, and the, the, um, uh, the ideals that you have, that what you're, what you're fighting for is, um, is worthy. Uh, so I think words do matter, what we, what we call them and how we attack them in that respect does matter. I think where the problem is, is what Ed touched on, which is the actual boots on the ground aspect of fighting the war, where I think, right, just isn't very good at it. Um, we need to find a way to be nimble, to organize, to be able to deploy our
3: troops, if you will. How do you uh, know whether we're good or bad at it? We haven't fought.
1: Right, no, I, I think you're right. It's, it's very much akin to you know, 9-11, when we used to say you know, they were at war with us. and we weren't at war with them. But again, I, I think, you know, again, as somebody that did work for uh, an organization that did put boots on the ground, it, it's a challenge. It, it really is. It's a challenge to mobilize people on the right. It's not in our nature to do that, but you know
3: we need to use all the tools in our toolkit to be able to- I disagree do- entirely, Mike. I, I hear that so often, but I mean, look at issues like gun control or look at issues like abortion. The right has no problem organizing, you know, a million man march for for life, right? But I certain, mean,
1: certain issues. I see you that point, yeah. But I mean, for example, like Ed brought up the the actress who's been persecuted. I mean, where where's the organization to go fight for her? Where where's the where's the mobilization on even Twitter to start attacking that company and the
4: fighting against cancel culture? Why aren't we better organized?
1: You know what see, I mean? Sure. I, I think there are cer- certain issues where there is motivation. You're absolutely right. I mean, the life issue, they'll you know you'll see people every January right for the right to life march. When it comes to guns, I think there's a pretty good, uh, well organized opposition, but not for everything. You know.
0: You know, well, Mike, you were even it. searching for a word before. You sounded like uh, you were searching for a word of a, a fight that's worthy or something. And I'm thinking this is a fight for survival. And again, which we're mincing words and going, you know, namby-pamby on words. And I think that's very much part of the problem. It's actually a war for survival. And to go back to Jody's point, they would not be happy if we just left them alone and peacefully separated. Their goal is to destroy everything, I believe. That's why it is a war.
1: I think righteousness is probably the word I was looking for. And our cause is righteous and theirs is not.
0: Sounds a little religious, but okay. You know, Ed, if you'll let me, I want to segue to the next topic, which I'm kind of going to cede to Ed M. Because I think he knows more about it. Um, But when I saw just the article um, saying DeSantis can't stop Trump extradition. And I am thinking, we are talking about indicting a president of the United States for the first time in our history. And I got livid absolutely what is going on. When we talked about going after any other president before, all we could hear was a thousand reasons why you can't criminalize politics. So this has really got me angry and I'm glad I'm angry. I don't want to be um, lackadaisical. So Ed, if you want to explain what you think is going on and how we feel about it.
3: Well, what I don't know what you mean by explain what's going on. You know, he might get indicted by the New York Attorney General's office. Cyrus Vance is retiring later this year, and he's apparently under a little pressure to try and get his indictment done before he leaves. Um, we're almost halfway through this year, so that will be in the next couple of months. Uh, there's talk that maybe uh, DeSantis from Florida would try and block the extradition. Uh, candidly, I don't know the rules on whether a state can do that or not. But as far as I'm concerned, if I'm if I'm DeSantis, I would ask Trump how many state troopers he wants at his side, and I would send as many state troopers as he needs, and and tell the county attorney or whoever wants to try and arrest him, tell those troopers you shoot if you have to. They're not arresting Trump in, in my state, period. That's what I, mean, I, would I believe. It. I don't that, care if he's James or not.
0: You, you know, know, the James in New York is going after him with everything I know. They just announced this is now a criminal investigation. This right, is pure barrier. Show me the person. Show you the crime. I agree with you, Ed, and I wish a whole bunch more people will call for what you're calling for.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's and, and it's a joke what they're going after them for. It's it's about payments and how they were characterized on tax returns. At worst, that's a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. It's not criminal fraud. It's utter. It's utter bullshit. I'm sorry to use that word on this on this show, but it's just it's garbage. And and DeSantis should call it for what it is. And he should just say, I'm going to assign as many state troopers as, as the president thinks he needs. And they have orders to shoot to kill if they have to to protect the president. They, they and, are not arresting the president on, on in Florida as far as, as I'm concerned. And that's what I would do if I were the governor. And I, don't I, think I, I totally world.
2: agree. I, I totally agree. I, I run, I allegedly run my own business, right? So I, at, at tax time, I get this enormous quantity of paper, PDF, of course, but, you know, this enormous quantity of paper from my accountant, and that is my um, tax return.
4: Yeah, it's unbelievable.
5: I,
2: I have, Now, a, a friend of mine who, who um, a number of years ago, who, who uh, ran his company, he actually printed his tax return. It was this thick, double-sided. Um, and that's why you hire accountants, right? And Trump has hired accountants, and I, I hire accountants because I have no idea whether it's right. I have a, a, a an idea in my mind the, of of what the end result is, which is close to zero, because I, I try to like plan, you know, to have to not owe anything. And this year they came back, uh, my accountant says, you owe 150 bucks. I'm like, okay, that, yeah, that's close to zero, you know? Um, nobody.
4: Well, and the consequences of being wrong too is a reason why to hire somebody to do it. No,
2: no one, and certainly not Trump, knows what's on this tax
4: return. No, no.
2: I mean, the, the, you know, you've got all of the people who work for the Trump Organization are entering this into the accounting system. And then you have the accountant and the auditors. The auditors look at the accounting system and look at the controls and see whether it's okay. And then the uh, tax attorney looks at it. And then the, ta- the accountant looks at it and pulls all the data into their tax program. And they print this thing out and they hand it to Trump and they say, sign here. And you know what he does? He signs. I sign. Every business owner signs. I mean, you'd be mm-hmm. crazy if you don't use a, a tax accountant. Right. Well, and the still- idea that he's some sort of criminally responsible is just the most ridiculous Ed, thing I've ever heard.
4: Under, understanding too, they kept calling him an authoritarian when he had the ability to enforce all these rules uh, on states with COVID and didn't, and yet Biden walks in and wants to impose oodles of rules upon states. Yeah, This is what I'm saying. They keep repeated repeating words in wrong, like, as Ed M says, they, they they use a word, but really it's a confession. It's time that we start to take the reality of words back because it they are, it is it it is a they are perpetuating um, a direct assault on reason, on intellect, um, on reality. Um, they are literally taking it, it's it's a devolution of. Everything we had evolved to as far as being rational, reasoned human beings in, in the search, searching and seeking of objective truths, they have obliterated that. This is really, really dangerous. Yeah. And it's time we start taking um, truth back. And,
2: and uh, yeah, I, 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 we've discussed why they hate Trump, but let, 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 let's take a little bit of a historical look at this. Um, because there is a reason why uh, up till now, presidents have not been indicted for their crimes. And let's be honest, lots of presidents have committed lots of crime. Um, and, that, and, that, and that goes back to the founders and their understanding of, of uh, you know, classical history. When, uh, when Julius Caesar uh, came back uh, from uh, his 10 years in uh, Gaul, uh, having conquered Gaul, he wanted to run for consul and they wouldn't let him un- unless he came unarmed into the city. And yet he knew that there were a lot of people who didn't like him. And uh, whether he liked Caesar or not, that's not the point. He was appointed to this position. He did the job and made a you know made a lot of money, which was convent- you know, conventional. Um, and he uh, had a lot of troops who were personally loyal to him. That is, he inspired personal loyalty among his troops. And when it came down to either basically handing himself over to a kangaroo court that would just, you know, convict him, impoverish him, probably exile or or kill him. And um, standing behind his, uh, or standing in front of his uh, loyal um, troops, uh, Caesar chose to uh, stand behind his, his loyal troops. And that caused the end of the Roman Republic. And if they go against Trump, who, has millions of people who are personally loyal to him in this outrageous thing. I fear for the American Republic. I I think they really are overreaching. I mean, they don't know their history. I mean, history started yesterday. History started in 2016 for these people in the media. I mean, maybe even, you know, 2020, I mean, they don't know anything and they don't understand what happens when you do things that they wanna do.
3: Um, What makes you think that they're opposed to destroying the American Republic?
2: Well, that's their um, goal. Yeah, um, but. So if,
4: okay. The oh, regime was overthrown,
2: in Rome, right? The regime was overthrown. The, the media, the Democrats, the deep state, the universities, they are the regime. They do not want to be overthrown.
0: I mean, to me, what, what relates this to what we were just talking about is they wanted to get Trump out of office, but that in no way satisfies them because we are the enemy. They have to destroy him and anybody related to him in any way, and they will never stop rooting that out. And that's why this is so heinous to me. Now, Ed, is there anybody, any public figures saying anything very
3: strongly like you're saying? I haven't heard anybody. No.
2: And that doesn't mean they aren't, they aren't there, but I haven't heard anyone either.
0: I mean DeSantis merely said a defensive thing, basically, right? I won't let it happen. Right.
4: Let me ask you, what if that happens, if you know, do you think that's impetus for a civil war? Like, cause the federal government's not gonna tolerate that, or New York's not. I mean, I don't see the left saying, Oh, okay, our bad.
2: Well, I mean, at some point, right, uh, you know, it'll go to the courts. And at some point, the courts will rule that uh, DeSantis has to hand over um, Trump to the uh, New you York. you think that they
4: would prosecutor. go that route?
2: Well, I mean, he's got to say yes or no, right? I mean, he's got to do something. So, I mean, if he says no, no i mean, not- the
4: court, do you think right. the courts, do you, where do you think the courts might go on that?
2: Oh, the courts are anti-Trump, as we found not- out in the election thing. Right, and nobody's
0: above the law unless you're a Democrat.
2: Right. Exactly. So, so, I mean, the courts will rule against uh, Trump and they'll a- want him to hand over. And then Trump has basically only two choices. He can, he can get DeSantis to say no or he can flee the country. And I think he better flee the country. I, well, I said he better- months
0: ago uh, he needs a place to go. But the truth is, there's very few countries that wouldn't extradite him back. I mean, it should we yeah. be writing letters to Republican congressmen who are supposedly good saying they really need to be stronger in the opposition. We don't want to go there. You know, Ford part well, Nixon.
3: Supposedly he's going to be spending a lot of time up in Jersey a golf, a golf club in, in Jersey and Jersey is enemy territory. I wouldn't, I wouldn't,
2: if I were him, I wouldn't go anywhere outside of the state of Florida.
3: Yeah, that's, I, that's, I agree with that, but I, I, I understand that he's supposedly going to be spending a good chunk of the summer up at his, uh, Club up here or up in, yeah. I still think of myself in New Jersey sometimes, up in New Jersey, uh, apparently helping Republican candidates raise money.
0: Well, the current regime okay, is- okay, you're me because as you relate, you know, Julius Caesar in history, who would have ever thunk that we would be talking this way about a president shouldn't leave a state because he could be arrested.
4: Yeah,
2: I, I, I really can't,
0: unbelievable I to even use those words.
4: It's, it, it's, it's, it's endless to me, The amount of times I think in my wildest dreams, I literally believed that we were this intellectually evolved society that focused on logic and reason. And that is so been destroyed. I, I have that thought so often, who would have believed that this society would have become so? the, the, the supposed intellectual leadership would be Uber utter checked out of ration and reason. It's
3: bizarro. Have you seen the leaders of the Democrat Party?
4: Yeah. Well, in I mean, chaos. not just the de- those who support them in the you know the the elites in our education system who have literally failed our children. Has I, I'm sure I the 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 the, the, um, the scores for our public schools. Why that is not uh, news on a regular basis, the egregious results, egregious, especially in the Democrat run big cities. It's appalling what they're categorizing as education in the United States. It is such a failure. And yet these leaders are given intellectual leadership places in our society and praised, and yet they're destroying our education system. And then we can talk about our media. It's not just the Democrats. As far as I can see, the, where the Democrat, the Democrats, you know, the Democrats of today look v- not, you know, much different than the Democrats of the past in that they're still exploiting humans, you know, and the they exploit the pain of people while they pocket the money from these supposed. Intellectual leaders in these giant industries that rake in lots of money and say, "Oh, we're here to help. We're the best. We love everything." Shh, don't look
3: behind. the, the Democrats curtain. today don't are look at results.
4: Today. Don't
3: look at results. I think the Democrats today are quite different than Democrats in the past. I mean, maybe not fundamentally different. Maybe not different in orientation, but uh, they are so much more radicalized and so much more anti. Yeah.
4: I'll give you that. But what I say, when I say the same, I mean, they're still exploiting humans for their own financial gain. That part of them I see is no different. They are all about, the Republicans do that too. Exploit. they just they've any- expanded who they will. They, they, they've expanded who they will exploit for money and they've expanded who they will allow to be the exploiters. I'll give them that. But they are still exploiting human suffering, human people for their own financial gain. I tend
2: not to I tend not to do partisan stuff, Republicans or Democrats, because I, I think there's the the vanguard of the party, you know, the, the squad. And, I, um, and then there's um, the uniparty, you know, I mean, what's the difference between Chuck Schumer and, and Mitch McConnell, really, you know? So there's the vanguard which is the far leftist, and then there's the uniparty with the establishment the, the, the regime the people who who get rich off of government and they are following the vanguard mainly
4: in fear
2: you know also well, uh, let me ask you this
4: can you name one democrat can you name any democrat who doesn't su- subscribe to the tenets of leftist ideology by and large
2: Oh, yeah. Plenty in the local level, not in the national level. Their, their, their brain is replaced when they go to Washington. Um, but yeah, I mean, my particular- Wait, so they stand Senate up and, and they say no Senator, against
4: cancel culture. They stand up and they say no against things that lock people in generations of poverty and violence at you know the hands of Democrats. They're against these strong tenets of the Democrat Party and the leftist uh, worldview, they're against it. Do, 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 I, well, I, you know, I would again, love to hear, hear them say they're against it. it. Okay, so state that's why I say even party. Even now there might be some Republicans who subscribe to leftist worldview, but I don't see as it being a Republican party platform. Like I see these things. So I'm gonna use some strong words right now that I did not coin. Um, I used to host a podcast um, and we were talking about race. I was talking about race with two black girlfriends and they brought up the look, uh, and this was local politics, but um, a black man tried to, she used the words, uh, leave the plantation. Meaning this black guy was going against what the Democrats here wanted And he was destroyed by the white Democrat uh, leadership. Okay, so she used those words. He tried to escape the plantation and he was beaten. And so I don't see that as ubiquitous uh, in the Republican Party, where how dare you even think about stepping out? Plenty step out of the Republican Party. plenty That's blatantly step up, step out of the public, Republican Party. And it's a tepid, oh, you know, we'll do but, you know, the ubiquitousness of the toe, the mindset in the Democrats, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see way no, I guess, more there, there, than the Republicans. The,
2: um, you know, there's the there's white the uh, congressman in New Jersey who, who left the uh, Democrat Party um, and you know, Jeff Andrew, and he became a Republican and won re-election. But it's um, you're right about the black the black um, you know violence uh, as a um, as a result of people who in the black community at least think differently. But it's not it's not in uh, it's not in every community. Um, on the other hand, let's take an ex- let's take an extreme example when Alex Jones was um, deplatformed from everything. Name one Republican who stood up for Alex Jones. No, I don't particularly like Alex Jones. You know, he's kind of a kook, and a, he's more of an actor. He puts on this act. You know, I don't think he believes half the thing he says. But who stood up for Alex Jones? You know, who stood up for um, some of the other people who were deep black? No, but was, There's well,
4: no what, what, what did he do? Republican. What did he do wrong? Did he what go did against was? the tenets of the Republican Party? Well, this he made fun I'm of CNN. That was the tenant the of the
2: Republican Party at the time. Wait, what? Alex Jones was uh, was deplatformed for uh, making fun of CNN in real life, not in one of his videos.
4: Yeah, so my point is that the Democrats have that um, uh, collectivist mindset. Like, you can't not think and toe their, their thought line. I don't see that as strong in the Republican party. And maybe if it was a little stronger in the Republican party, we'd be doing better. I don't know. I don't really advocate for collective, collectivist thinking. I'm I'm a freedom-loving individualist. I think that's where the beauty of life is, but I kind of feel like it's not an option. But, but if I'm comparing the two parties, because we do have a nation run predominantly by two parties i'm looking as objectively as i can i'll give you that because i'm not i don't want to protect the republican party
3: well let me say Um, this jody i I would be thrilled if the republican party enforced serious discipline on america first policies on being pro-capitalism on a whole list of things i mean on gun rights i'd be thrilled if the republican party we're willing to enforce ideological conformity, so to speak, rather than this whole big tent nonsense. We don't need to have people that that are enemies inside the tent. I mean, we don't need never Trumpers in the tent. We don't need Mitch McConnell on the team. Mitch McConnell is, is the problem. He's not an ally, he's an enemy. And the fact that he's got an R next to his name doesn't make him an ally. So I wouldn't be bothered at all if the republican party were willing to enforce a little ideological discipline the problem is what their ideological discipline would be I mean, well they, they do enforce about-
2: ideological discipline and they just enforce establishmentarian ideological discipline
4: right maybe right. that's it you know maybe that's it right there is you know what what their discipline is and it's not A good thing for. The
1: Republican Party has always had this split between the establishment and the base. I think it, you know, it's been there, and arguably the Republican Party has more factions than that, which make it more difficult. But the left is is guided by a principle of they believe in big government, and despite some of their other maybe minor disagreements, they they're for that authoritarianism that you were talking about.
2: I don't think they believe in bigger government. I think they believe in the Leninist idea of continual revolution, and that's why they're never satisfied. Because once they get uh, gay rights, they want gay marriage. Once they get gay marriage, they want uh, you know trans rights. Once they get trans rights, they want trans for kids. Once they get that, they're going to want pedophilia. They're going to want narcophilia nar- or necrophilia rather, and th- they're going to want. Uh, you know um
4: a constant state of, of rage things. they need to be a, in a constant the, state of hysteria and rage and anger it's the
2: continuous why, revolution it's, yes and that's the the that's the driving thing it doesn't and it doesn't even matter what they're overthrowing yeah. they're overthrowing things they believe 10 years ago and then 10 I, years I ago they were overthrowing things 10 years from that it's just isn't a continual it, revolution. It's revolution for revolution's sake. That yeah, is Leninist ideal. Isn't it ultimately
1: is a just a quest for power?
2: Yeah.
1: Power, more power, more. Power. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: a quest for power, but it's not I necessarily think... a quest for government power. It, all the quest for power now is 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 quest for uh, corporate power over individuals because uh, they own the government. You know, so and one ever
4: 10 years ago, I would have had a hard time believing you or maybe even understanding what you're saying now. I see it very clearly. But I think there's a bit of, um, these are people who, these are all issues because they have trouble validating themselves. So it's a constant quest for validation and rage and anger are their forms of validation. But we, you we know, think it's,
3: for validation. I think they're destroyers. I think they're nihilists at heart and the nihilism is, is effectuated through what Ed is describing as constant revolution. The revolution is aimed at just also, destruction, destroy the old order, destroy the But it's the also
1: world. constant grievance too. When you look at the grievance industry and the race industry, there, there's always gonna be something else. And why? Because there's, there's a faction of leaders that will make money off of it. Mm-hmm. That's what they really-
4: Mike, I feel like I just went they full
1: the circle. Power, they want the money. I mean, look at the one leader of the Black uh, Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Ended up raking in all these dollars and buying all these expensive homes.
4: I think you just went kind of full circle because there is that, you know, there's those people, the exploiters at the top. And then there's the people, oh gosh, I hate to use this word, but in history, they were called useful idiots. And those <laughs> exploiters know. They know exactly how to exploit human misery and suffering of really of good people who just want to live their lives, but are suffering and looking for someone to help. And then there's the useful idiots in the middle. And then I don't know if I should be, but those exploiters at the top who really don't care, they just want the money and the power. So they're like, oh, I'm happy to exploit this and get you all worked up and point to these people so that these people stay all worked up and transfer money and power to me. Great, the system works. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> ding,
1: ding, ding. Yeah, I, think the, I, I, th-
2: I think there is a, a, a little bit of a difference in the sense that the, the, the vanguard of the revolution are not the people in power and they're never the people in power because as soon as, the particular vanguard people like this the black lives matter leader who bought all the houses um you know gets power money or whatever then she becomes the enemy to the vanguard and the vanguard you know then it's they're constantly churning themselves they're churning us and uh you know now it's all about race they're churning you know the the revolution is against whiteness and white people and and uh You know, and let's be honest, almost all the wealth in the United States is owned by middle and upper class white people. I mean, that's just a fact. And they're going to come for us and they're going to come for our our money and our houses and our suburbs and
0: everything. They're, They're coming for us. Okay, Mike, there was a topic you wanted to bring up.
1: I, I found it interesting today that the Biden administration lifted um, Trump-era sanctions on some Russian actors that would pave the way for them to um, have a pipeline from Russia into Europe that would bypass Ukraine. Um, of course, that would only enrich Russia, provide jobs for Russia, um, hurt Ukraine. Um, and it's the same Biden administration that torpedoed the Keystone XL pipeline that would have helped our own country and Trump is the Russian asset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's just outrageous. And I, you know, I I think from a geopolitical standpoint, Ed P is, you know, an expert on that region of the world. Talk a little bit about what the impacts will be there, but it's just to me, it's just outrageous.
3: Why is it outrageous that they build a pipeline in Europe? Why do we care?
1: Well, I, I think it empowers Russia.
3: Why do we care?
1: We, want, you, we don't want to trade with our enemies, but you want to enrich them and empower them by allowing them to have a pipeline? the pipeline?
2: The idea is that, that, you know, there are already pipelines from Russia into Europe. This one happens to bypass Ukraine, so it basically prevents Ukraine from having a um, uh, veto Uh, a lever on Russia. Um, And so if you are interested in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, um, this particular pipeline uh, basically gets, uh, makes Ukraine a lot weaker uh, uh, with respect to Russia. Now, I'm not a a fan of anybody on the conflict, uh, as I said. On the other hand, I don't think Russia is necessarily our enemy. We're certainly trying to make them our enemy. Uh, in fact, I do think that there's a lot um, that we should be doing to try to make peace uh, with Russia, or at least some sort of accommodation with them, because uh, let's face it, we are not going to go and um, send American troops to Ukraine to kick Russia out of the Donbass province or, or Crimea. And the reason is we don't have the capability of doing that. Uh, anybody who wants to fight Russia on Russian soil is... is Probably the dumbest person in the world, so I, it's probably Joe Biden. Um, on the other hand, I, I, I you know, we, we had the idea that we would replace the natural gas that Russia was giving to uh, Europe with liquid natural gas um, that we would export because we were we had so much natural gas that. It was, you know, the prices were so low that if we start to export it, the problem is we didn't have a, a natural gas exporting terminal. We started to build one of those. Um, but with all of the restrictions now and all the Trump uh, administration advances in energy policy having been destroyed um, by the Biden administration, I think the idea of us being able to, you know, and it, it when you think of the pipeline, right, think of like one giant liquid natural tank, uh, gas tanker per day going from America to Europe. That's that's what we need. You know, that's a lot of natural gas. That's what it would take to replace this pipeline. And, you know, that would be great for us. That would be great for Europe. Um, that would be great for everyone. And that's why uh, it was opposed, by not just by the Russians, obviously, because they want to sell their gas. That's what funds their government, by the way. Their taxes are very low in Russia, by the way. It's a 10% black tax. Um, what funds their government is, is all of the energy exports. Um, but I don't. Germany didn't want that either because Germany is not our friend or Merkel is not our friend. I think the German people are our friend, but the, Merkel was not, is, is not and has never been a friend to the United States and so i think she wanted this pipeline to russia and she is going to get it and there was nothing we could do about it it except provide cheaper natural gas to which we okay
4: because they made bad decisions in the past so now they need an avenue to
2: gas i don't i I don't know what uh, motivates someone like uh, Frau merkel i really don't I, i think that um She's, uh, she's an odd person. She, you know, she, want, she wanted all the invasion into her country. She welcomed the invaders. She wants to pay for them. Uh, and the German people are so beaten down they wouldn't even vote her out for that uh, abomination. Um, she, she, want, she, she wants the United States to spend billions, tens of hundreds of billions of dollars a year defending Europe um, and then uh, from Russia in particular and then she goes and wants to make this energy deal which only strengthens russia um the german army is a mess i mean in in the sense of i'm sure they have a few units that can fight but you know they're all up in uh, you know multicultural uh, craziness like all the other armies in um europe they you know the the european union itself has maybe 10 times the um gdp and, and maybe five times the population of russia Russia's not a threat to them, unless they're crazy multicultural nitwits, which they are. Um, I, so I'm done with the Europeans as far as defense is concerned. I, I, NATO is useless uh, because they, they don't want to defend themselves. They don't take uh, Russia seriously as an enemy. I don't think Russia is an enemy, at least under Putin. Uh, not that he's not a troublemaker, but I don't think he's an enemy. He's not going to be marching. He's not Stalin with the Red Army marching through Europe uh, to end up at uh, Brest, right, uh, or the Pyrenees. He's not going to do that. Um, so I, I, don't, I, there's no hope for Europe, so I've given up.
1: Well, it's interesting you did bring up the other aspect of this, which I was going to bring up. So this was apparently a way to Make our relationship with Germany better because the bad orange man apparently ruined all that <laughs> you know? but i don't I don't see how making nice with Germany, so to speak is going to help us with the other challenges that we face around the world because we we've never really been able to rely on Europe and our allies there just as you were just saying for a lot of these problems so I don't expect Germany, Germany, to help us with China.
2: Yeah. No, the British are until very recently until the, the Great Awakening, um, they they were pretty capable. But um, given their, um, they go woke faster than the United States, so I'm sure they're destroying their military faster than we're destroying our military. But um, but yeah, we're we're all in trouble. Um, we're all in trouble and I don't, I don't see any way out of it. I mean, we, we've, you know, the, the physical standards in the U S army today are um, are gone. If you want to be fit, if you want to be strong, if you want to, you know, be able to run 10 miles and then fight a battle, you, you can, they provide you with the capability of doing that. But if you don't want to, you don't have to be. And it's become almost a welfare program for people who want gender transition surgeries and people who want to stay out of shape and get a decent uh, paycheck. It's, I don't know what to say. We are not winning any Normandy sized battles anytime soon. And the Navy is almost just bad.
4: We can't win. We can't win on a college campus to have a discussion. I mean, they literally need a safe space from words
2: yeah from words right i mean
4: when that's when that's your youth and they are trained to perpetuate assaults literally perpetuate assaults on reason and objective truth
2: yeah no i agree and this this book by this uh space force officer um what's it called uh because i just Bought it. Oh, I bought it at um, I bought it at Barnes and Noble because it was out. Uh, it, Amazon was out, so I bought it at Barnes and Noble. But basically, uh, how uh, communism is infesting the military, and then he has been relieved of his office. I think you mentioned that earlier, Steve. Uh, it re- relieved of his duties, um, just because it, you know, it, even though the book was totally approved by the Defense Department under Trump. Um, now to point out the fact that communism is infecting our military is enough to get you fired. And he is, um, you know, he's now out of a job um, due to the woke Biden administration, but he's right. I mean, it just proves that he's right. The fact that they fired him proves that he's right. right.
4: So that brings in my whole authoritarian thing. Like you people were just using this hysteria of authoritarianism and you do this. Yeah. But let me ask you this, there's a, there's a response, right? Is it Matt Gates? maybe? Uh, like, what's the recourse? Is this legal? Can they, can they do this? Is, what's the recourse?
2: Um, well, I mean, the recourse is, is to the military courts, but um, I have met those judges in the military courts. They're worse than regular judges. <laughs> I mean, they, really.
4: So the answer is no. Yeah,
2: I mean, I yeah. swear to God, they are just the most liberal. I mean, you think the judges like the? They're not liberal. They're
4: illiberal. Again, I'm taking words back. I'm done with the misapplication of terms. They're not yeah. liberal in the classical sense. They are illiberal.
1: Yeah, oh, they'll they, uh, be the next breaker, Morant, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, those the. I mean, what in in World War Two, um, the Germans uh, let off a submarine off the coast and and there were like 10 or 12 saboteurs i don't forget that and they were caught almost immediately and and uh, i think you know they were tried in a military tribunal within a week they were all sentenced to death i think one or two of them got executed and the rest were the sentences were commuted because they're you know the, the u.s wasn't quite that bloodthirsty at the time um it's within a week, within two weeks, it was all done. There are people in Guantanamo Bay for 20 years. And they tried like, well, why can't we try them in a military tribunal? Why couldn't it be been done in a week? Why, is it, why does it take 20 years to try it? And it's because the, the, lawyers, the, the lawyers for the defense department, the lawyers for the prosecution are just as bad as the lawyers for the defense. And that's why you can, and of course the courts are hopeless. Um, so that's why we have uh, still have bad guys in Guantanamo Bay who haven't faced a hearing. Haven't you faced a, a you know a, a anything?
4: No, um, but you can be prisoned for preaching Genesis one.
2: Yes, yes, or saying I mean, that men are women. In, oh yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Or men aren't yeah. women. There are men men those are men true. And women are women.
4: Those are true assaults on humanity.
0: Yes. Apparently some um I don't know what to call it. some person of an indeterminate gender just won a big LPGA tournament Really And you wonder you know the feminists some of them are up in arms against this because they're gonna they're tearing up metal after metal taking them away from the uh, biological cisgender females I guess how you gotta got what you gotta call them Yeah maybe there's a prayer that they'll fight hard against well, you know. It we yeah, know they're split it. on this subject. You know, they're upset about who's the famous um, gay woman who's very upset about this.
4: Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, wait. Oh, um, besides right.
0: Caitlyn Jenner. Another, I'm not one of the tennis players or something. It's Martina Navratilova. I think it's, yeah. Martina Navratilova is very vocal about it. But okay. I mean, can you imagine if you're raising a daughter all these years to get into college sports, Olympic sports, everything else, and it's it's just gone again. Will they fight because they're used to fighting, and they not a fight? I guess we well, can hope. This
4: is the you know they start eating themselves, right? Once you the, know, the once you end up answer. on their chopping block, you're on the chopping block, and then sometimes you 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 awaken. The true wokeness happens.
2: Yeah, the United Kingdom has um, a, a a real movement. Uh, uh, among uh, turfs, trans-exclusionary uh, trans radical feminists, and uh, that's a, the name their enemies give them. But you know, we all sometimes use those terms like capitalism. Um, so, in the United States, there's very, very few. There's no movement of turfs. There's a couple of people like Camille Paglia or um, God, who who else? She's the only one I can she's the only intellectual feminist that I can think of who is um is saying the trans thing is, you know, while well, respecting trans people, but saying the trans things is is crazy. So, uh I don't know, yeah, there is no turf movement in the United States, and that's unfortunate. Um because everybody's afraid of the vanguard of the revolution.
0: Even they are scared. And and like you said before, 10 years ago, <laughs> The window has moved so far in so 10 fast. years. The feminists are being crushed by the trans movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, which I And guess, the trans
2: movement will be crushed by the pedophiles.
0: You know, I mean, you know, it's just, it's gonna, whatever they go to next. I wonder if they'll give in to that because that's like their, their biggest, biggest thing.
4: Yes, they will. They will. They will.
0: No
2: they one will. has stood up to any of this madness. And so why do we think they're not going to continue down the right. road?
0: Um,
4: Again, 10 years ago.
0: Continue.
5: Hi, Laser.
0: Because I, I, I get to use my favorite phrase. It's for the children.
5: Do it doesn't say? matter because the word children will become off limits the same way. Huh?
0: Currently, Yes.
5: Whatever other word is off limits. They'll simply be, I don't know, age indeterminate species or whatever. If five-year-olds
2: is, year olds can- Three adults. If five-year-olds have the mental and emotional capacity to decide that they're they're boys instead of girls, why don't they have the mental and emotional capacity to have sex with a random
0: four-year-old? And yet the press press is full today of a story of this woman who busted into some party and quote-unquote raped a 17-year-old boy. And that's like the worst crime in American history today. I don't know. They're so caught on this one. This under 18, you have no brains unless it's for an abortion or to become a transsexual, but for everything else, you have no brains or to vote because they're pushing the vote.
5: Right. They need that right now. As soon as they can lock up everything they're doing right now and they can begin to use the kids to get more of what they want, all of a sudden kids will have the most say right now they're still working on people over the age of 18. They're, they're they're unlike the Republicans who don't know how to fight anything. Democrats are not stupid. Saul Alinsky was not stupid. The Clintons weren't stupid. They know what they're doing. They pick their battle, they fight it, they win it conclusively, and they move on to the next one. And what we're seeing now with transgenders, which I totally think Ed is right. I think this is going to go down the road to pedophiles. I'm honestly curious to see where it'll go next. I want to see a dolphin be the first lady. And I think we might see such a thing. So this is all, you know, all of this, like everything else, started with a beautiful thought. It started with feminism. Great. Then things became equal. Cool. But a handful of original feminists became the neo-feminists. And they took it too far. The neo-feminist movement directly led to the beginning of the LGBT movement, which was just the LGB movement in the beginning, because God knows trans anything was way off limits still. But okay, neo-feminism directly led to gays. Okay, equality is fine, whatever, but they took it too far. And then LGBT became LGBT. And then it became LGBTQ, which for the life of me, I still can't figure out what that means because queer is synonymous with gay, so far as I know, in the English language. And I feel like that's covered by the other half of the alphabet before the Q. Then they just started tacking on random crap. And now there are numbers and a mathematical sign in there. And it doesn't even mean anything in any known language.
2: Yeah. Dave Chappelle calls them the alphabet people because he can't keep track of They either. are.
5: It's impossible. I believe the official thing is now 13-something. I think it's 13 letters and then a plus, and there are like two numbers in there or something like that. And this is going to keep going. And yes, all of women's sports are going to be erased off the face of the earth. They've, there's already been a big scandal in the professional cycling world when a six-foot-three giant man female professor in Canada absolutely destroyed... A massive world cycling championship. The woman who came in, I believe it was third, the second or third place. One of them spoke up, and obviously immediately was doxed and got death threats and was threatened by everything and everything else. And this is just going to keep going. This is nothing special. Was that there was a,
2: a very interesting article the other day, and I uh, and I say it's interesting because it agrees with what I um what I've always thought, and that is that the and I can't find it, so I'll I'll get it to you guys uh, later, but um, basically it echoes Steve Saylor's idea of the, you know, the alliance of the fringes, everybody who is out, uh, you know, uh, and so that in- includes the, you know, minorities, immigrants, uh, you know, people who do not have, uh, you know, normal sexuality, um, that sort of thing. It, it's it's an alliance of all of the outs against the ins. And the problem is, the outs don't have anything in common with one another. Uh, lesbians and gays don't have anything in common with one another. I've seen them, they don't. And They don't even like each other. And, um, you know, Guatemalans and Colombians don't have anything in common with each other. Um, no, the they only hate thing each other Japanese, <laughs> Koreans, and Chinese have in common with each other is they all hate each other with a passion. So um, they come up with these terms like Hispanic or Asian. And There's nobody who's Asian. There's no immigrant from, uh, you know, from Asia that calls himself Asian. They're Korean or they're Japanese or they're Indian or they're, they're Vietnamese, but they get them into the United States. Um, there's nothing you can do with the immigrants because they're too sensible. But their children, they're taught, and I've seen this. It's so, it's so disgusting. Their children are taught that they're Asian and that they have to react to quote unquote Asian hate. Right? That's the Stop Asian Hate hashtag. But of course, they're not Asian. They're Japanese or Korean or whatever. Or in the you know first generation, they're pretty much American. I mean, if you look at them, they you know if you talk to them and whatnot, they're just American. But they've got this chip, this Asian chip on their shoulder. And the same with Hispanics. I've I have a couple of friends who are Hispanic, and um, and that just means they they have ancestors from south of the border, right? I mean, they're not they're no more Hispanic. They're no more uh, They have no mestizo. Blood in them or Indian blood in them, they're white people, you know. And yet they have this chip on their shoulder uh, that they're Hispanic and that they've been abused all their lives. And the LGBT, right? Lesbians and gays hate each other. So you have to create a category where they they feel like they're together against, you know, us straight white married people. Um, and so it's all coalition building among the fringes. And it was it was a very interesting article about how. Um, how you build coalitions of people who have absolutely nothing in common by a sort of branding mechanism to, to brand them together, you know, and then BIPOC, uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, you know, try put them all together and then there'll be BIPOC Q for all the queer people. Or, you know, it's t- trying to build this coalition of people who have nothing in common except they hate us.
0: So, Ed, is this part and parcel of the perpetual revolution thing?
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the soldiers, right? And this a, is the
0: one way of making it happen.
5: Yeah. And I'll, I'll build on what Ed said. Having worked in New York City and worked in the 911 system in New York City for a whole lot of years, I learned pretty quickly what I didn't learn in school, which is that this whole Hispanic thing is just a garbage lump. Because if you tell a Guatemalan and a Honduran that they're the same people, they'll both kill you. They will <laughs> stop killing each other to both kill you. World Cup season, literally during World Cup season, assault flies up in New York City, and every single day, I would be treating people who beat the hell out of each other because the drunk Colombian guy said that his team was going to beat Peru, and the Peruvian guy stabbed him in a gas station. And this is a normal thing. They hate each other. They all hate each other. Mexico has a wall to the south because they hate their neighbors to the south. They hate each other. They will kill each other. They do kill each other. They're going to keep killing each other. But somehow it's okay to lump them together. But God forbid you lump Americans together because then you are stamping out black culture and you are stamping out Asian American culture. Firstly, what the hell is African American culture? Are people from Morocco and Namibia the same people? Because those things are four and a half thousand miles away from each other. And I think they might have something to say about that in different damn languages. So- Sometimes they do speak out and say, wait, I'm American. I've never even been to Africa of course not. And even if they had been to Africa, so what? That's like saying I'm from Earth. Africa is, is gargantuan and has over 50 countries in it and thousands of languages. I work with a bunch of South Africans here and even living in different cities in South Africa, the language spoken in the streets is different. South Africa has 11 official languages. God knows how many minor languages. Nobody really can tally that anyway. So many different cultures. What do you mean you're African? That's a meaningless thing to say. You're Asian? Cool. Are you from Baghdad? are you from shanghai are you from laos are you from moscow because half of asia by land is white blonde blue-eyed aryan looking people who all speak russian they're asian vladimir putin's asian if
1: you're from We're turkey asian. You're, you're, you're Asian.
5: Yeah, my, I'm, I'm my, Asian. My three favorite African Americans are
2: Clarence Thomas, uh, Thomas soul and Elon Musk. Let me guess, none of them are
5: African except Elon Musk, who's a big white boy.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's incredible, say, isn't it? By saying Oriental, I got in trouble for that one time. Yeah, oh, yes, because, because
5: we can't
2: speak Latin anymore. Like, you know, Orient just means. East. east in, it? Yeah, that's what I thought. It in about. Latin, so I mean, an Oriental is a
1: person from the right. east.
0: Ed, Latin was a language was of persecution. Orient
1: Express. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you okay, only one
0: more topic I want to cover today, just because the left is going absolutely out of there. I was going to say CP minds, but I can't use that <laughs> expression anymore. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Does anybody think Roby Wade is going to be even chipped away at?
2: Not a chance.
0: And you're our correspondent.
3: You think they're going to touch it? I think there's a chance. I I think Casey is going to be modified greatly. I think the whole undue burden test is going to be dispensed with. Um, I think this particular case, which involves a, a ban on all abortions after 15 weeks, probably not the best facts for the anti-abortion side uh so i don't think it's going to be the case that leads to the full overturning of roe v wade although i wouldn't be surprised if it was i know that most people in the pro-life community don't think there's any chance it will um but i think i I think they're gonna they're gonna do some major reevaluation after casey i don't think casey is is tenable casey's
0: the trimester one
2: No, Casey basically overturned Roe versus Wade. This is what people don't realize. Roe versus Wade basically said that in the first trimester, there can be no regulation. In the second trimester, there can be some regulation. And in the third trimester, basically the states can uh, regulate uh, in any way they want, you know, vaguely. But Casey overturned that. Casey basically said that... um, You cannot ban abortion if in any, you you can't restrict abortion in any part of the um, gestational period if it affects the woman's life or health. And that includes mental health. And so if she's simply anxious about having a child, then the day before she's willing, she's uh, scheduled to give birth. It's perfectly reasonable. If you can find a doctor to do it, it's perfectly reasonable to have an abortion. So, in a lot of ways, Casey overturned. You no, know, overturned uh,
0: it, expanded it. The way I look at it, Roe it's more permissive than Roe v. Roe.
2: Yes, and and made it so. Again, you have to find a doctor, right. but there are plenty of doctors, as uh, God, uh, Herm- Kermit Godsnell has proven, that are are willing to do it. Um, the the issue, though, I think is that, as Ed said, I think. No one except the radical uh, abortionist types are is is comfortable with Casey's um, you know no restrictions until the moment before birth, which is the practical effect. It's you know there are words in there that say differently, but the practical effect is that. And I think that the um, I think going back to Roe might be on the table. That is okay. So the question
0: is. does the Supreme Court have to do this by defining whether it's life or not? Now that we're 50 years past, not knowing maybe what was going on inside the womb. I mean, on what basis are they gonna split trimesters? And
2: Oh, well, there was never any basis to begin with, just like there was no basis in Obergefell. Right,
0: so, I mean, where do you you see them going with this? Who knows? Who depends on who writes the opinion. Well, we know Roberts is gonna vote left. That's where my money is in Bitcoin. Um, And maybe the other five go the other way. But, you know, they can't say it's life, right? They have to always skirt around that issue, don't they? Why? Because you can't take a life without uh, due process. Yeah. The the pro-abortionist crowd has always said we have to fight any law that in any way intimates that this could be a life, including the the, um, homicide charges against... You know, people who kill fetuses, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I mean, the it, it, you know, we can talk morally, and we can talk legally, but I mean, the Fourteenth Amendment says that every person born in the United States is a citizen of the state thereof. So it, there's this "born" thing. So you can you you can say, okay, well, they're not citizens, but then you can't kill illegal immigrants either, you know. And so um, you'd have to argue it that way because uh, unborn children are not citizens. And no, so- they're not.
0: Per- they're not protected by that, but they're still protected by life, aren't they? And well, no, I mean, they, life. you know,
4: if somebody murders a, a woman, a pregnant woman, they can be charged with double homicide. But that's right? okay. but so, they fight
0: right. that because they don't want it to be called life because then it's protected. What, well, right? how
4: can it be considered life in a double homicide of the, a murder of a, a pregnant woman? But it, I'm not advocating uh, banning a, abortion. I'm just asking how, oh, which is really stupid. I get it. It's, 30, it's because... It has no logic, no reason. I get it. Um, that,
3: those laws protect the right of the woman to carry the baby to, to term. That's that's the answer, I think. Yeah,
0: but they do call it a double homicide in some states.
3: Right. Is that because why they cite it? If the woman has, cho- if the woman is choosing to to carry to term, laws that protect her right to carry it to term are justified. No,
2: you're trying to make this make sense, Ed, and, and it, it's not that the. These, so it's the, not the baby that's protected, it's, a bloody, it's bloody the fiction. woman's
4: abortion. decision that's protected.
2: Abortion is completely subjective. Abortion law is completely subjective. It's in the mind of the woman. If the woman thinks this is a baby, then it's a baby. If the woman thinks this is a parasite, then it's a parasite. It's all, it's subjectivism in law. That's what it is. There's no, there's no other explanation about, you know, you can, Talmudize this as much as you want, but that's what it is. It's pure subjectivism on the part of the mother. Baby, then it's a baby. Parasite, then it's a parasite. That's it. That's so let me ask you, what,
4: what happens, right, and Ed M, I...
3: No, I was just... A, I, that's what I was saying. They're, they're protecting the... If the woman is choosing to carry it to term, they're protecting it. So it
4: is all about what she decides. Okay, so Ed M, if... Let's just hypothesize if Roe is overturned, I'm not suggesting that that's likely, but if it was, that's not a ban on an abortion. Like a lot of left people think they think if you overturn Roe, now they can't have abortions. That's not what that means. Right. All it means is that states are free, right? Yeah. States are free to decide the subject themselves. It doesn't mean because that's the way they're going to argue it. Oh my God, you're taking my right to have an abortion. But you're killing women that in back
0: all. alleys. What? Goes, well, you're killing women in back alleys, which goes to the beginning of our Well, discussion. that will be their
4: hysteria, but they I'm
0: just trying to, trying to differently. Yes, that's what they say. I'm to
4: trying to find out what is the objective truth. The objective truth is overturning Roe simply puts it back into state's hands. Illinois can still have state-funded abortions. Um, you know Tennessee can be free to ban it now that's all it means it does yeah. not take away women's rights it puts it in the state's hands
1: right yeah. it goes back to the states and, and it's generally I think a prevailing thought that that's why it was bad law in the first place well, the court should many many up.
2: states many unless,
1: unless you're focused on the right to life aspect of it and then you would think the supreme court does does have a role
2: Many red states have passed um, abortion bans um, up to from the moment of conception, which of course makes no sense. But let's just assume as virtue signals to the and to the, uh, to the uh, pro-life crack. So there's like 20, 30, some odd states who all have complete bans on abortion that would go into effect the moment uh, Roe is overturned. I have and no I, problem
4: I, with
2: and that. I, and I got to tell you, those state legislators, legislators who pass these virtue signal laws, do not understand the hellacious firestorm that is going to descend upon them if those laws actually go into effect, because they ban uh, the pill, any sort of, uh, you know, um, the uh, IUD, uh, anything other than condoms. They ban all sorts. They ban all birth control, essentially, other than condoms. And they uh, banned the, you know, the morning after pill, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the firestorm that's going to light up on the desks of state legislators if if Roe is ever uh, um, overturned and these these virtue signals uh, laws are are become the law of the state, they have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and I think all of these laws with maybe one or two exceptions will be modified to allow uh, abortion
0: right and at the very least
2: they're not going to be prosecuted in the first few weeks at least because i mean my god if you if you don't then you know you've essentially banned contraception too i mean
0: soros will buy a few more prosecutors yeah right i want to come back
5: for one second just because now jody you really got me thinking about where that life distinction is drawn in in law as it's written and applies today when you brought up the double homicide piece. If you shoot a pregnant woman, she gets taken to the hospital, they pull the baby out, she dies, the baby lives. Would you not be liable in a civil lawsuit to pay for that baby? Because by my understanding, you would be. So despite the fact that the crime and technically the homicide are committed prior to that magical born word, then a baby is born after the homicide and the crime have been committed, and yet you're still on the hook for the baby, despite I the crime being committed the before the baby was born.
3: Who, who are you talking about? The, the murderer about or the, or the father?
5: father? Well, I'm no, I'm, I'm saying the murderer. I mean, that if, that is still going to be considered a crime.
3: Right, but I mean, and if you would still be, be, uh,
5: be able to be held civilly liable, would he not? a
3: murderer kills somebody who has a child, the murderer is not responsible for raising the child.
2: But he's uh, liable for the... the
5: okay, time. let's say that kid is born with cerebral palsy. Unequivocally, it's because of anoxia, because his mom was bleeding
0: out.
3: Okay. He's so going to be in prison,
0: a, so... That's a civil action?
4: Assuming it's a man that did the shooting, he should be in prison,
5: right? How is he going yeah.
3: to... But he might have an estate that could be used.
5: Yeah, uh, would he not be held civilly liable? Because at least by my understanding, he would be.
3: He'd be held. He might be held liable for the damages done to the to the child, but he wouldn't be liable for the the parents' responsibility to raise the child.
5: No, then I get that? But I'm saying he's civilly responsible despite that having been. I mean, that kid technically was not born when the entire crime was committed, and when he right. suffered. Well, I mean, he had his
3: lawsuits day. against. You know drug manufacturers that produce drugs that were given to pregnant women and they were found liable for for birth defects
5: right so you're right that's an even clearer cut case the lies, so then now, why
3: aren't murderers liable I, I mean i would think that they are for the injury for the specific injury to the fetus that they cause as jody pointed out though they're going to wind most of them are going to wind up in prison or on death row so I don't know how they're gonna repay it. I mean, it's more of an academic question than a
5: so maybe it is an academic question, but so I'll take the pharmaceutical one because that's a much easier example to play with. If those pharmaceutical companies are liable, then how are is the law not defining life as pre-birth? The pharmaceutical company didn't hurt the baby after it was born. Hmm. If such a lawsuit can go through then i think by definition the law is calling life in utero
0: or you're just pointing out the fact that the rules can't be consistent
4: right that's what i was trying to say is maybe there's some yeah, consistency.
5: You if you're this calling
2: world, it though.
4: life here but you're not calling it life here kind of odd
3: not odd at all. I mean, it's sort of like how Obamacare was not a tax for purposes of the anti, <laughs> yeah. but it was a tax for purposes of you know, yeah. Funding. I don't understand. Sure, the does it does whatever
4: we need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Closing
0: comments, folks. Who wants first?
4: I'll go first. Go first. I've been wanting to say, in my you know um, zeal to take back the meanings of words, one of the things I wanted to include was. Start noticing how many words they're excluding in the name of inclusion. This is how backwards and really ridiculous uh, meanings of words have become. But I also wanted to bring up, we don't need to discuss it, but I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you guys are aware. Ed uh, P, you might be interested in this if you aren't aware. Michael Moore has another movie out. Oh, God. And I actually watched it. It's called planet of the humans now. Oh listen, yes.
2: Yes. I heard about
4: it. you heard about it. Did you watch it? Cause I might actually watch it a second time and let me just tell you why. So they, it, the, so Michael Moore is never in it. So that makes it a little bit more palatable. You don't even hear his voice. So that's a little bit better, but it's, it is calling out the corruption in the, um, Green activism movement, um, they do kind of a good job using some strong words against they they bring some truths in. They even go after Al Gore. And so you kind of watch these things, and it's a little bit refreshing until you get, I'm sorry, to the end. Or in little things, of course, they and they and they'll say, and subsidies. You know, paid for this and grants paid for this, and they're aptly talking about how rich these people are, at basically exploiting this. Um, but in the end, they blame capitalism, and their um, their apocalyptic nature is even more extreme. So that's one of the bizarre things is to watch, and they ca- they call it out as lie. They say, we've been lied to. And you think that they're going to have that light bulb moment to say, maybe the entire genesis of all of it is a lie, but they don't. It's the most bizarre thing because at least they're sort of coming to the reality that this problem is create, you know, that is exploiting all of and that they would have that further if they are lying like this, do you think they're lying about the entirety? And they don't, it's bizarre, but it's refreshing to see them take on some of these people, including Al Gore.
1: Okay, Mike? No, I don't think I have uh, anything else to necessarily opine about. Laser?
0: I got there's into the discussion about the Ukrainian, uh, about the Russian pipeline to Germany. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that.
5: I did. I, I don't at the moment. I got to be honest, between what's been happening out here on the ground and between what's been happening in Israel, I have, thankfully for my sanity, barely followed what's happening in everywhere else in the world, including the U.S. over the last week, because there's just enough going on here. I've been in touch with a lot of friends in Israel and I'm trying to get more of a read on that. And getting videos in my inbox on WhatsApp, I'm trying to follow some of the action out here. There are a good handful of Ukrainian soldiers being killed here every week. Uh, just one by one, sort of, no major attacks or anything like that. By but Sniping or how? Generally sniping. Yeah, just right near the borderline. Kids are just getting picked off. And then there's still, of course, the random unexploded ordnance or grenades found in a garden or farmers stepping on landmines because a ton of the area out here is mined. So there's actually been a lot of interesting stuff. Here in town, apparently, apparently, allegedly, I should say, a uh, young soldier got drunk at about two in the morning and sitting in like the main square of the town pulled his pistol and started shooting at two 16-year-olds. So that was an interesting bit of news here this week. But I have not really followed what's happening in the U.S., got to be honest, it's a a load off me. It feels great to not be drowning in the endless bad news. So I don't have any closing statement.
0: Okay, um, just one quick question. At what point can we count on you to be reading the Russian newspapers in Russian and reporting back?
5: Not soon enough. The more I learn about this language, the more I realize that the grammar in this language may have been invented by the devil himself.
0: Okay. Well put, Ed P. Uh, yeah, I um,
2: uh, I'm in the aerospace industry, so I subscribe to Aviation Week, which is the big uh, you know journal, um, news journal, and they have been pushing electric planes for uh, quite some time.
0: Byob. Uh,
2: Bring your own battery. No, they want. Uh, yeah, they want Boeing and Airbus to start making. Planes that run on electricity, in other words, coal, um, instead of uh, kerosene. So I wrote a letter to the editor and uh, it, it saying how in- insane this was, and and it got published today, or at least in the last week or so. And I'm I'm relatively proud of myself for doing so. Unfortunately, they 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 cut one of my better lines um, because they they edited they edited for space, I guess, but they cut one of my better lines, which was that the. Uh, the energy density of batteries is something on the order of one-fiftieth the energy density of of um, kerosene. So uh, you really have to have a lot of heavy, heavy batteries to get the same amount of energy uh, power delivered to the to the engines, and it just doesn't make any engineering sense whatsoever. And it's it's basically this. Uh, this i don't know whether they're serious or whether they're just virtue signaling to the environmentalists but it's the end of air travel if they try and make electric powered
1: maybe those uh ufos that we've all learned about uh that the military spotted maybe they're running on electric
2: (laughs) i know i mean my drone runs on last 20 minutes you know and it it weighs kilos. kilos Yeah, it well, 31, 31 yeah. minutes and it, it, uh, it's a quarter it's kilogram. Solar panels From. on the
1: plane. You
3: know. yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: exactly. Wow. Ed, that's insane, but I'm glad they published it. So good for me.
3: Good for you, Ed is right. <laughs> I think, I think one story we didn't touch upon was uh, the revelation that both media companies like Bloomberg and CNN and social media companies, Take orders from the Chinese Communist Party as to stories that are to be published and viewpoints that are to be published, and I think that that's a big story. I think that they're, I think that these companies should be folding up shop and coming back home rather than taking those orders. I mean, a media company should maintain editorial discretion over what it publishes, and they they are kowtowing to the Chinese Communist Party in the hope of, of getting to the, you know, 1.3 billion market in China, but they're, they're selling out their country and, and even worse. See, that's the thing. They don't think of it as selling out their country because for them, they're just, they're using China to learn all the tools of censorship that they want to use back here in America. And so that's, it's sort of a symbiotic relationship in that respect. And, um, I just think that's a big story. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what to do about it other than that it's a foreign policy issue. It's, it's not a domestic policy issue. Um, and it just shows that, you know, we need to take China a lot more seriously than we are. Um, and, you know, we're not.
0: Um, I guess, I don't want to go into it at in depth because we're late, but when you say it's a foreign policy issue, not domestic, but it's CNN that's doing it. So isn't it kind of domestic?
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, they're doing it abroad. I mean, what they do abroad is not a domestic matter. It's a foreign, I mean, I think it's a foreign policy matter.
0: But I mean, and the only thing we can do is as citizens to pressure them, right? There's nothing a government can ever do with the press.
2: And all of our Hollywood Uh, movies and television productions all have to be approved by the Chinese Communist Party before they can be shown because the uh, Hollywood is so dependent on uh, Chinese money to fund their development that um, they dare not uh, write anything and if they do write anything like for instance there was a lesbian kiss in the last horrible Star Wars movie and it was cut out for the Chinese market. So they um, they're definitely uh, everything must be approved by China first in our entertainment.
3: Well, and we talked, you know, we talked about that Loudoun County, you know, the parents speaking up against the, the school board. I think the brainwashing is not just happening in the schools. The schools are a terror are, are there's a lot of brainwashing going on in the schools. But the Chinese Communist Party has figured out how to brainwash Americans through the through media and social media
0: yeah yeah but it's interesting how lgbt rights don't cross the ocean to china of course they don't well, cross the ocean the about free trade hamas. i
3: mean you know
0: hell racial equality doesn't cross we nope. can and you can support hamas who hangs gays.
3: that's the thing about both free trade and and the george w bush ford strategy of freedom they're both flawed in thinking that we're gonna export democracy and democratic ideals, but in reality, what happens is the the direction is reversed. We import all the worst things from those bad foreign countries. We're importing censorship from China right now. That's That's their big export to us. And they're training all of our media companies and social media companies on how to perfect censorship. And then they come back, those companies come back here And the government doesn't need to implement censorship itself. It has these companies do it. And and that's a real, real serious problem. And it's a real serious threat to our republic. All righty.
0: With that, I bid everyone a good evening. We'll be up as a podcast within an hour or two. As always, please send any feedback to ejsshow at ProtonMail. And I want to wish everyone a good evening. See you next Wednesday, four o'clock. Thank you.
3: Thank you, everybody. See you next week.